0: you're listening to the bonfire babes podcast i'm claire and i'm felicity in this podcast we explore the deepest parts of ourselves and ask life's biggest questions join us
1: as we share stories and experiences of hardship and triumph success and
0: defeat and all the things that bring us into alignment with our highest selves let's start the journey Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Bonfire Babes Podcast. I'm Claire. And I'm Felicity. And today's episode is going to be talking about fear.
1: Fear is something that just recently has come up in our lives um, in a really real and close to home way. And um, it's been, for me, it's been one of the first times it's happened in a really long time, if not in the last like maybe three to five
0: years. So let's talk about kind of what happened. Sure. Um, in, we live on Maui, and it feels like a pretty tight-knit, small community. We have the illusion of the safety net of the island and of community. I think it's really part of living on an island, um, that community is big, and we trust people more or... You know, it's not like how the mentality is in a city. No. We're all kind of connected. We shop at tiny grocery stores. We, um, and we have big ones like Whole Foods and Safeway and stuff as well. But like um, specifically in the community that Felicity and I live in, we live in upcountry Maui um, in the Haiku makwau area. And it is really small. There are no big grocery stores. There's not big chain restaurants. Um, it is very tight-knit and small. Yeah. And with that tight knit just comes
1: this, um, you're not playing survival. Like I feel like in big cities, it's very much like my survival mentality is on that. I have to be aware of myself, my surroundings. I have to lock everything. Um, and on Maui, like I, I just let down my guard. Like I don't lock my safety. Yeah. I I don't lock my car and, uh, walk around in flip flops and like sundress and just call it good. And so I think this um, situation that has just recently happened has been very startling and shocking. Yeah, Um, so
0: recently, uh, about a week ago, a woman who's around our age group um, went missing. She went on a hike by herself, and she's missing. And so it's been really interesting to note how much fear has entered our lives because of something that's happened to somebody in our community.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: because we don't know exactly what's happened, you know, um, they're just trying to piece together what happened. Um, and they still haven't found her, but it's interesting to note what kind of fear that's instilled in us and how it's now running or how now it's a part of our day yes, or all of our days.
1: Yes, um, for me it's been really shocking. I feel like the obsession around following the story um, has been like somewhat out of control. I want to look at it like 85 times a day. I want to know every single detail that, as it unravels, um, and I kind of have this like sick feeling in my stomach of like what did happen. It's kind of left up to our imagination, which is really frightening. And I think that um, this is one of the first times that I've felt this towards like someone I don't know, but it's created so much internal fear for me, and I'm not one to carry fear. Like, yeah. I tend to live my life in a way where I literally um, could be in the slums of Mumbai, or I could be traveling to Thailand, or I could be wherever I am, I'm living in this um, powerful way. I feel like I carry about myself this confidence. And for some reason, this story has really shook me. And I find myself, like, jumping at a paper towel roll that's, that the paper is rolling or um, just
0: on edge. Yeah. For me, it's been um, more of I feel fear of, of like, now my safety net is gone. So it's not necessarily for me, it's not necessarily like I feel like something's going to happen to me, but that like the illusion of safety has now gone. And so now I'm on edge. I'm like, is there something, is there somebody there in the shadows? Is no. What was that sound? Was that somebody walking around the house? Um, make sure you lock the doors. Make sure you park in a well-lit area. And while those are things that, yes, we should all be doing, Mm-hmm. Um, to keep ourselves safe, they should be things that just kind of happen automatically. Yes. And, and that, that they weren't before. Yes. And so now mm. it's just like in the front of our minds. Yeah. And so, and, and it's, it's sparked because of
1: fear. Yes. And one of the really interesting things that I've been discovering is like how fear appears in the body. Mm. Um like yesterday I was over at Claire's again and <laughs> it was like my lungs were I felt like my lungs were filled with rocks like I couldn't really breathe fully somewhere in the pit it like felt dark
0: and not so this is interesting heavy. yeah because and I didn't think about this before but I feel like I have a rib out of place in the side of my um, chest is a really uh. sharp pain and I can't breathe really well Ah. And if we're both experiencing fear, I wonder if that has anything to do, like, if, like, there's some correlation.
1: And I think, and looking at genders and evolution, I feel that, like, as women, we are much more sensitive to protecting ourselves, protecting our families. When war would break out, women had, you know, men were out fighting, women were protecting the house, like, I feel like there's this inner sense of, like, when one woman goes missing, it's our job to protect ourselves and figure out what happened. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that that's, like, more ingrained in us than we really have thought, at
0: least that I've ever thought mean, about. I mean, think about, if we're, if we're thinking about, like, generational um, things that are written into our DNA. Yeah. Like... That's so far back, Yes, you know, yes. Um, where women are just in charge of safety for, you know, of, of taking care of the kids because you want to make sure that the lineage keeps going on. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I think I was talking to Darren, my husband about this and, and how as a, um, a, a, a male when, if this had happened to another guy, to a guy, like they wouldn't. It's not as collective, I think, right? Where like men in general don't go, oh, wow, like we lost one or that could have been one of us or, you know, like I think they go like, oh, that sucks for that person and they're more detached. And for us, we just feel like that could have been me, that could have been you, that could have been somebody else that we know that could have been a child. Like I can't imagine being a mother and losing my kid like that. would. Those are the scenarios that run through our head. Definitely. You know, and I just don't think that men typically, um, that their brains don't work that way.
1: Like my brain is immediately to, okay, let's say one of my friends disappears. What should I be doing? Mm -hmm. Like, I really need to think about this before it happens. Like this is making me hyper aware of, did I even have a plan? No, I did not. You know, and it's, it's something that's very real on Maui. This is not the first woman to disappear. Um, and Claire, I know you know more about this just cause you've been on the island longer yep. since we came back from childhood, but, um, it's not the
0: first. No, it's not the first. It's not the first in a few years. You yeah. know, I have a friend whose, um, mother went missing and they've never found anything. Um, And another girl from the same community, um, she was pregnant and she went missing and they have found, this is like so sad to say, but they found pieces of her. Yeah. Um, and they found out that her, her boyfriend did the murder and she was pregnant. So sad. And she was literally the same age as us. And so it really is shocking and, um... I think we lose, we lose the the shock value after a while.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I think because you and I are so tapped into our emotions now, and we're kind of really aware of how we feel, and we're yeah. more in this analytical state of mind, that it's really affecting us a little bit differently than yes. previous um, things. Yeah, you know?
1: yeah. I think. Um just being a really aware of how fear interacts with your daily life, how it, how it feels, because I typically don't carry it around. It's something that I do not carry, and when I start to carry it, um, it is affecting lots of different areas of my life. It's affecting my dreams. It's affecting um, like small decisions I make that aren't necessarily um, for the better, so I think that's one thing is, like, I think that being safe and aware of your surroundings and making good choices is good. But when fear becomes the rain holder, then it becomes detrimental.
0: Yeah. And that's been happening over the weeks. And, and so. like, so what happens when we're in fear? Like, when fear has just totally enveloped us? I think it's things like struggling to, like, do things that we would have done before. Yes. It's, um... Feeling attacked on some sort of level, right? Yeah. Um, it's like being highly suspicious. Yes, where every
1: you're always looking behind every door. I'm looking in the back seat of my car constantly. Like one thing shifts back in the back seat, and I'm like. You know, my driving goes erratic because I'm like, who the heck is back there? Yeah. That's the immediate reaction. And it's just
0: not necessary. I think it leaves us feeling powerless. Yes. And out of control. Yes. And it's really not a good place to be in. No.
1: And so I think one way that I have slowly been able to kind of get back to who I am, back to like not having fear have the reins, is remembering that the opposite of fear is love. Yeah and getting back to that state of, um, knowing that our inner being is love and that you can't hold both. There is no space for both fear and love together. Yeah.
0: Um, so I'm just reading this article right now, um, of like ways to release fear. Ooh, I love it. And the first thing is to learn to recognize fear. Yeah. So, because the, I think the, what you want to do is create a healthy relationship and a healthy balance. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to never feel fear mm-hmm. because then we would put ourselves in danger all of the time. Right. But you want to make sure that you have a healthy balance between fear and love. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so being conscious of it, being tuned, tapped into yourself, tuned into your emotions. Um, fearful thoughts often sound like, no, I can't do that. What's going on in that corner? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, um, I don't know what is happening to me. That's impossible, you know?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So making peace with it and then reprogram fearful thoughts. So Mm -hmm. if a fearful thought is, no, I can't do that, identify it and replace it with, of course I can do it. I will figure it out and I will be okay.
1: Yeah. So let's
0: say like if you're walking to your car and you're like, gosh, like I just, somebody's going to get me. Yeah. Which is often what I feel. Yeah. Is like that there's somebody hiding. Yeah. And my brain goes into fight or flight and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Like I'm going to run, but I don't want it to look like I'm running because I don't want them to know that I know that they're there. Right. And it's so crazy to think about it like that. Right. But I guess like you just go, I see that there's nobody here. Yeah. And I can walk to my car. Yeah. Yeah. And I will be fine and I will figure it out. Yeah. You know, which is essentially being mindful, you know, just being really present in the moment. Yeah. Because I think when we're experiencing fear, we're somewhere else. Oh, totally.
1: You're not, you're, there's no way you can be in the present moment And I mean, fear comes from these ideas of what if Mm -hmm. the imagination, what if this happens, what if that happens? And it's sending us into this unknown future realm that we can't ultimately can't control. And I think that finding that present moment is really a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, centering on yourself, centering on that you are being of love and ultimately whatever happens to you, do you believe was meant to happen? So if it, I mean, is that what you think? I do. So if it was meant to happen, then it's... I
0: think the, so I don't think, okay. I don't, I mean, yeah, part of it is yes. I believe that it was meant to happen, but I also believe that we have the ability to change it. Yeah. And that it could be a learning experience. So uh, if you've been listening to us for a long time, you'll know that I've read... Um, and devoured um, Journey of Souls and Destiny of Souls, which are two books um, about the life between lives, basically, and about mm-hmm. our souls, destiny, and purpose, and where we go. And, and so that idea of, yes, there's like a destiny, yes, there's like a set of things that are probably going to happen to you, but mm-hmm. you do have free will, and you're avail- you're able to change it. Mm-hmm. And so... There was a story in Journey of Souls um, where in one life there was a mother and a son character. And the son becomes chief or leader or something like that. And basically his mom was caught taking too many rations. And he sentences her to death because he needs to show that he's a strong leader and his mom is pleading with him. And in his soul, his soul knows that that happened. And here's Mm -hmm. the thing with like the souls is that they don't feel attachment or judgment or feel like they've done the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. They just see it for what it is, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's just no judgment. It's Mm -hmm. just all love. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So, and it, so then later in life, in another life, those same souls that were mother and son again became mother and son and because often roles change you Mm -hmm. know between souls so they decided to become mother and they made a they made a pact in the soul life basically Mm -hmm. to come back as mother and son and um she was like a young woman who gave birth and then she abandoned him, she abandoned him, abandoned him at like an orphanage. Mm. And so his whole life, he felt sadness and, um, resentment around his mother figure that he never knew. Mm. And it's not necessarily like, I don't want it to think, I don't want people to think that like, it's a punishment yeah. where, oh, because you did this now you're going to have to live it out again. Mm-hmm we as souls make that decision ourselves mm-hmm. that in order to up level and become higher beings mm-hmm. that we need to experience it from both sides mm-hmm. so it's often what happens is that our soul chooses i've i hurt this person mm-hmm. now i want to experience this hurt so that i understand it right. and that i grow from it right so basically like yeah. you know what i mean so the yeah. mom in the first life um experienced the betrayal and hurt Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, what do you call it? Like as if he just like threw her away Mm -hmm. and then he experiences it in the second life.
1: So we don't know exactly per se why these things happen in regards to this girl who went missing, but we do know that there is a big, a bigger picture going on Mm -hmm. and that, Ultimately, we are beings of love put on this earth to grow.
0: Yeah. And mm-hmm. I I believe, like, I just read a comment, because I was on it this morning, <laughs> on the Facebook group that, like, everything's kind of centralized on. And, and somebody did say, um, I don't know if this will bring anybody solace or if it will bring anybody comfort, but I believe that if she did disappear then she went to a place where her soul could live better.
1: Yes. You know? So whatever it is,
0: like it it can be part of the greater purpose. But on the flip side, where we also have the ability to uh, have free will, I think that we are often presented with choices in our lives where – we're split, right? Where mm-hmm. they are forks, mm-hmm. and so we have the ability to make the decision mm-hmm. whether we're gonna do this or do that. Mm-hmm. And that could have been a test for her, or for anybody that's in like a situation where they're presented with fear. Um, we're we're given that choice that we're yep. either gonna we can go into the forest by ourselves, or mm-hmm. we can go home. Yeah, you know, and and maybe your soul knew about knew about this choice that was going to happen. Yeah. And you either have a, you, you have either connected with your soul. Yep. Well enough to, to trust it.
1: Yep. And, and to, to know list, that that's the, path. and
0: your intuition yep. and yeah. inner being will know what to do Yeah. because they already have the guidance on this.
1: And it's not always, you should just play survival all the time. Exactly. It's not, it's, it's not because and, it could
0: be that it, and this is so like crazy to think, but it could be that this is a lesson for her family members yeah. or for the people that love her or for yeah. you and I, totally. you know, that this totally. is something bigger, Yeah. you know, that we're, that is supposed to be a part of our experience.
1: Yep, definitely. And I, I do feel like that. Like, I feel like it's rocking me in a way that I wasn't expecting and moving through fear is something that I'm not used to doing.
0: Yeah, so another part of this article says that what we need to do to release the fear is to feel the fear Mm -hmm. and do it anyways. Yeah. You know, just recognize that it is... It is common and it is an emotion that we're going to have throughout our lives. Yeah. But that we need to... And I don't think conquer it is the right way. Release is good. Yeah. You know, because it just... Like, we need to feel it and have it move through us and then move out. Because what sucks is when that feeling gets stuck. Yes. And we're not able to release it. And it
1: becomes, like, cyclical in the brain. And you're basically just letting it
0: completely control you. Yeah. And like you said, it manifests... In your physical body, right? Like it definitely it's I mean clearly it's manifested in you and I in some way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it can feel choking and it can feel um debilitating in some ways. Mm -hmm. And when we're feeling that fear, it really like I'm conscious of how my fear projects onto my children
1: yeah and it's
0: it's happening i mean you just saw yeah. it. i just tr- talked to you about um my son harrison so last yeah. night there was um a dead spider huge <laughs> and we get big big spiders <laughs> they're called cane spiders you can look them up they're not like australia spiders but they're pretty big they're like the size of your palm yeah which is pretty big yes with legs included so yeah. um the size of your palm and they're all over my house here and i just really don't like them I yeah. mean, and Harrison knows that I don't like them. I try not to show him how scared I get. Yeah. Um, but it happens. <laughs> it's, yeah. I'm human. Yeah. And so last night there was a dead one on the ground. It was all like squished up. Uh, and Hayden, my youngest was just walking around <sighs> like nothing. And he stepped on it and both bliss and I were like, ah, <laughs> like we freaked. We're like, no! well, cause he like, he's, he, how old is he now?
1: One. So he's like one, and he walks in the cutest little way where it's like forward, back, side to side, forward, back, he's side to side. He's like a little side, drunk walk. monkey. He's like a little drunk monkey. <laughs> and so he like stepped around it a couple steps, and then I just saw that smashed. <laughs> it was like slow motion for it me. It was slow motion. <laughs> it was slow motion for me too, and like Claire and I both screamed. And then Harrison saw that.
0: Yeah, so Harrison saw that. Um, and then in the middle of the night, he woke up, scared because he thought that there were spiders in his bed. Yeah. And so I had to turn on the light and show him that there weren't any spiders and it still wasn't good enough for him. So he went and slept in our bed. Yeah. But like, I don't want to project the fear. Of, like I want to raise kids that are aware of fear. Yeah. And know how to manage that. Yeah. You know, they know how to manage their own fear and to be well prepared Mm-hmm. For any event you mm-hmm. know and to know how to protect themselves, but I also don't want to you know do the opposite with the spider dealio right. and be like, <laughs> "Be scared of everything, be afraid right. of everything, I have something's right. going to get you yeah. you know and I yeah. think um, personally for me, my mom lives in a lot of fear, yeah, a lot of fear all the time yeah and but there are also times where she was fearless Hmm. So I don't know how that yeah. Is how do do you, do you think as uh, she's gotten older, she's become more afraid? I think she's showing it more, and maybe that's because I'm an adult, and yeah. so now she's conscious of like she's not trying to hold it back uh-huh. from you. Hmm. I wonder if that's it. Yeah. Um, because yeah, like I would be afraid, and my mom would project bravery. Like she wouldn't say to be fearless, but my mom was so brave. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, about, like, so many things. Yeah. Um, and so that has that has been projected onto me. And you know what's funny is that my... So Harrison watches Thomas the Train. Yeah. And there was an episode where one of the trains is... The things you learn from kids' shows, real quick. <laughs> it's just really... Some of them are really good, and some of them are like, oh. <laughs> um, so one of the trains was, like, afraid of the dark. He thought that there was, like, a monster. And, um he met this other train who, like, taught him a really good lesson. And the lesson was um, being brave and courageous is not that there's no fear. It's that you feel the fear, is that you're still scared of it, but you're going to do it anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, and
0: that's what, like, bravery is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Definitely, and I think that for some – like, I've definitely gotten a lot of my courage from my mother as well. My mother is, like, she'll walk out in the dark – like she'll go on a two mile walk in the dark and
0: tell her to bring the her phone.
1: Well, she does. She brings <laughs> her phone and she has two dogs with her. Okay. Yeah. But still like she's out in all different environments all by herself all the time.
0: So like you in college, you live yeah. in a boat. Yep. In the middle of this like yeah. marina. In like... the middle
1: of the city, downtown yeah. Seattle. Yeah. The door did not lock.
0: To your boat. No. no. The windows did not close properly. No. One time I picked you up. From Alaska, and we brought you to your boat, and raccoons had nested and birthed in your boat.
1: Yes, <laughs> because they had gotten in because the door doesn't lock. Yeah. So, like, I lived in the city with an
0: unlockable door on a boat by myself for 10 years. And I was always really fearful for you. Yeah. Like, I was always like, well, like Felicity, it's just, like, not safe. Like, you yeah. know? yeah. And there were times where like, I'd be like, just come to my house, yeah. sleep the night because it was too cold or, yeah. you know, yeah. like I was like, no, 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 you can't. <laughs> yeah. And that's my fear. Like, yeah. but I think that's healthy to like take care of each other. Yeah. Right? yeah. But yeah, it's true. Like you used to live with very little fear yeah. and now the situation For some happens. Reason. So do you think that it has anything to do with us being older and being more aware of things to be fearful of? I think... I think that my,
1: I was so optimistic and naive of naive the world the right word, in an earlier mm-hmm. years, you know, like I just, I didn't even know all the things that could happen. Exactly. You know? And so that
0: as we get older, yeah, we're exposed yeah. to more frightening things. And, and do you
1: think it's also because like now we're like, we really want, we really have like cool things that we're doing in our lives. Like you have children and I'm like making all these plans and have a new husband. And like, I would just be terrified if something like this happened. Yeah. Do you think also that like, we're just,
0: we're more aware Developmentally. Of the
1: yeah. I think developmentally we're definitely more in tune. So,
0: but then is there a, a point in your life? Yeah. Where you just go, fuck it. And I'm not scared anymore. <laughs> I think you, you know, do. like as definitely. you get, cause like, I think it like comes to a head and, and then, then it like, 65 70 80 that you're just like fuck it yeah
1: (laughs) I think it definitely does like if I die welcome
0: welcome death (laughs) yeah
1: like if you're gonna you know to sexually take advantage of me right here like and I'm 80 like no one's gonna do it (laughs) you don't say
0: that because it can happen not that don't nobody's gonna do it but yeah I I just think that
1: you're more and like I I would like to gain back a little bit of that I don't want to be. I don't want to be held in fear too much. Like mm-hmm. I, that's something that's really important to me. So I think it's really shocking when it does take take me over completely. I
0: think, and I think that like let's my idea of old age, mm-hmm. for instance, like if I when I'm like eighty, let's mm-hmm. say 9, 80, 80 mm-hmm. The only thing that I want for my whole life mm-hmm. is to not die in fear. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't want to die in fear. I don't want to mm-hmm. Like, if I was diagnosed with, like, a terminal illness, mm-hmm. I would hate to feel so much fear around it. Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah. either I'm fighting it yeah. with my life and fighting for my life mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that's not, like, withering, yeah. you know, yeah. where, where I'm just, like, withering away. Yeah. Or I'm just going to say, fuck the treatment and just yeah. live my life to the very yeah. last like breath. Yeah. And just make sure that whatever I'm living is full of life. Definitely. You know, like I just don't want to be yeah. a
1: victim or
0: yeah, exactly. ridden with fear and, uh, you know, and like absolutely. my last few moments just be so fearful. Like yeah. one of the worst ways that I think I could die mm-hmm. is to, um, drown mm. because it's Super painful, and mm-hmm. I just can't imagine that kind of fear, yeah you know, yeah, so, but I think it's just about making peace with it in the moment, right yeah,
1: definitely finding I think it's just it's all about connecting back to our center, which is one of love, yeah, you know totally. when we can connect back to that, we are basically unstoppable,
0: yeah and and just accepting of what's happening and then you're able to think clearly and Mm -hmm. be, if that's not what your soul wants for you, Mm -hmm. then if you're connecting with that, Mm -hmm. if you're connecting with your inner being and your soul and your purpose, Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when you're presented with one of those forks in the road,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that you're going to do what you're supposed to Mm -hmm. or what's intended for you. I definitely
1: agree. I think that when how I've gotten through so many situations that were pretty sketchy in my, in my life so far is just like really taking on that place of observation. Like, Oh, interesting. This is happening. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Now I can make the next decision versus letting fear completely fill me. And now I'm not even able to analyze the situation and I'm just fleeing basically. So that's an an interesting pers Like, the route of observation, I think, is huge.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just remember that love is all
1: you need. <laughs> get get it back in tune with who you are. Find that inner inner light, and and you will feel fear, but you can you can move through it. You can just let it go. Yeah, release it. Like allow
0: it to move through you.
1: Yeah.
0: And. And take in all the things you're supposed to, learn all the lessons you're supposed to from fear, but really release it because it will manifest in your body and, um, you will feel it physically and then it can fester, which is like one of the worst words. It's like a zinger word for me where it's just like, yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't deal with it. Like, but festering is just the worst. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So feel love. Yes feel love in all of its places and allow it to fill you up. And I think that you'll protect yourself the most. Hey guys, we wanted to give you a quick update on what happened. So, um, this episode was sparked by a missing person and the fear that surrounded this whole situation. And as Claire
1: was editing and I was watching intently as we <laughs> normally do, um, we got uh, new news that this missing person has been found and alive alive and she
0: survived 16 days in the jungle just crazy we're so thrilled like the lightness in our hearts and in the community's heart I think is very tangible it's very palpable like we're so happy that she's been found and that nothing has happened. And it's it's incredible to, to think about it because we have no idea who this person is. No. Like in real life. No. Um, but she's alive and found and we're so happy as if she was like one of us. And I
1: feel like just tears of joy have been oh, yeah. like, I've been filled with tears of, of joy randomly throughout the evening. And if I ever see her on the streets, there's going to be no holding back. <laughs> I mean, I am, I've just been worried about her for so many days and like, it's really, it has been in my body. So yeah. it's pretty cool to um, feel that
0: ecstatic joy. So we'll be processing this relief over the next few um, days, I'm sure, uh, as we hear kind of like what happened and all of that stuff. But we just wanted to share that with you that, um, you know, the, the reason this episode got started was because of this, um, missing persons case and she's been found and relatively unharmed. Yeah. Um, she hurt herself, but like relatively unharmed. And, and she's so been it's amazing. She's been eating random
1: plants in the jungle
0: yeah and drinking waterfall water so brush up on your foraging skills and i've signed up for a class and bring um let people know where you're going yes bottom line
1: thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the bonfire babes podcast
0: Check out our Instagram for a discussion post about today's episode. Our handle is at bonfire babes podcast
1: and check out our website bonfirebabespodcast.com to visit our blog, where we go even deeper into some of the things we talk about on the show. And you'll find some cool offerings from us too.
0: You can also get in touch with us by using the contact page on our website or by sliding into our DMS on Instagram.
1: If you enjoyed the show, please help us out by sharing it on social media tag us and we'll give you a shout out as well.
0: Also leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help spread the podcast. We love what we do and would love to share it with more people.
1: Thanks again for being here with us on this journey.
0: Until next time guys, take care of each other.